0: Welcome to the Good People Podcast, where each episode we explore what it means to be good by talking to everyday heroes, philanthropists, altruists, and do-gooders. I'm Kelsey Timmerman, author of the Where Am I series, which includes Where Am I Wearing, Where Am I Eating, Where Am I Giving, and I'm currently working on a book about regenerative agriculture that will be published by Patagonia Books sometime in the future, I don't know, 2022, 2023, who knows what it's going to look like with the pandemic. Um, Anyhow, basically on Good People, we talk to people who give a damn. Okay, so this is part two of the Muncie Not Mercury episode, um, in which the Muncie community kind of rose up against the whale sustainable products um, project. And so we last left off um, an episode in the part one uh, at the meeting where 1,000 people showed up. And in this part, we actually talk a little bit about that meeting again because it was such a powerful moment and was probably the most critical thing that happened. Um, But I really think what you'll walk away with this part is just some of the inner workings and how many different uh, groups were uh, working on different things. I mean, there were T-shirts made and the level of organization, uh, level of effort. I don't even say organization, just the level of effort and the amount of people that were working on this and the tension that was building. Um, and this kind of features two upcoming uh, events after the 1,000-person city council meeting. So Josh organized an info session that would bring in various community members who had different levels of expertise in different areas uh, to inform the community what this factory could mean for us. And literally hours before that meeting happened, there was a meeting at City Hall where uh, the factory, it was announced the factory was was pulling out and the city was trying to figure out how to get out of this deal they had made with this corporation. Uh, so it's not coming here. Um, and so we talk about the info meeting and we talk a little bit about the tension that was building uh, up to um, the cancellation of the factory. So uh, again, um, more info in the show notes about the... The realities uh, of this factory if you go to kelsey slash WSP you can uh, read those you can see the info session you can see an eight page um, info sheet on that so uh, but without further ado uh, here is part two of the Muncie not Mercury episode with Josh Arthur and Brian Preston so you have an eight billion dollar company and um, You know, the activists are the ones, the local activists were the ones that maybe brought the questions first, but then you have folks like yourselves, um, a a local pastor, um, Mm -hmm. a, a county employee who then start to ask more questions, leads to this big event, or then you have this mass turnout of people. Um so that yeah. happens and then and then like uh seems like a a, a lot of work still happens um oh absolutely and, but maybe not go through right. exactly the blow by blow, but like kind of the cliff notes version of what resulted after the meeting
1: so I, I kind of wanted to mention a i mean we could have we could spend an hour or two just talking about the august meeting that we just. We just mentioned no, but, but at the uh, August city council meeting, the people in the city council weren't addressing the thousand people out in the parking lot and in, in the, in the city hall because there was nothing on the agenda that had anything to do with the whales project. So that was sort of their uh, semi plausible deniability about why they weren't talking about it because in their minds, as they'd been telling us and other people for the past weeks before that, that it's a done deal, it's a done deal, it's already done. And then, so what we found is after a thousand people show up, Josh and his friend from Chicago were absolutely right that we found that people on the city council started to change their minds. Um, The public health department, local health department, I should say, released a statement that was clearly opposed to the uh, WSP's plans. They reviewed, they did their own review and decided they could take a position on it. Uh, The Yorktown city council had a vote around that time. And the opposition in Yorktown was um, fanatical. I say that, you know, with approval it was appropriately fanatical and the city council there and their leaders flipped their they completely flipped their positions from we can't get involved this is a Muncie thing to we are making this strong statement and um, what other institutions came out against it after the city council meeting you know Uh, with
2: the with the Yorktown situation that that monday that was the city the august city council meeting um while it wasn't on the agenda there is the the section at the end where it's public comment and they had 10 people like they normally do 10 slots that you can sign up and so we had signed up for those and and they were uh trying to to cut that portion out um One thing that we mentioned, um, on that meeting at that meeting was, as you know, Kelsey, um, there's a a huge housing boom that is just West of, of Muncie, um, in the Yorktown area. And these are houses, um, that are, are newer. They're in nice neighborhoods or additions. Um, they're attractive. Um, And, and they hold their, their value really well. And I think people started to understand even, you know, I, you can't see um, a child's brain or nervous system. And only after the effects of of metals, can you begin to, to see some, some damage Um, And maybe even you'll have to look at it statistically. But when Yorktown residents started thinking about the immediate impact on their property values, um, by Friday morning, the town of Yorktown released a a public statement that said they were completely against um, the, the Wales project. Some professors you remember moment. when that
1: was well, that was Friday. after, um, it was Friday morning
2: that, of that week. So, after the, after the Monday city council meeting, correct? Monday night was the city council meeting, uh, Friday morning, Yorktown released that statement. Gotcha. Yep, yeah. Um, and then a, a group of uh professors. Um, with a bit of conversation with the president's office, um, wrote a a very short, um, but, uh, thoughtful, um, piece that was published in the newspaper and, and they signed it, um, about what this would, would do. And I think that went a long way, um, And I know that the hospital had someone monitoring the situation. Um, Personally, and this is no secret, I wish that those two institutions uh, would have been quicker and and more vocal. Um, They had opportunity to. um, And I remember there was
0: was talk of, uh, you know, it was move-in. It was move-in week for... Ball State and I remember there was talk of people holding up signs just with facts of what was happening and uh, Ball State started to react to the possibility that that could happen as well so there was like pressure put on And
2: and that ended up being sort of a negotiated thing like the people who wanted to be involved in that I mean this wasn't this was certainly not um a uh, an, an, organize, an organized, uh, systematic thing. This was people um, who all wanted to be involved doing what they could, um, getting together in small groups at people's homes, uh, researching one aspect, another group researching another aspect. Um, and, and all the while, everyone is learning about how, um, you know, it's a huge civics lesson, who's responsible for this? What office does this? Yeah. How does our government work in this way? How does a local county government versus city government work? And, and, um, but you know, the, the folks that wanted to do the, the signs at move in weekend or welcome weekend, um, they had uh, initially planned um, to go to the dorms and do it. And, while I thought that that, well, everything about that was true, um, let's use the public space of um, the crosswalk um, yeah. to, to share these things. Um, and so I felt like there was even uh, an attempt at, at peacemaking,
0: even in that sort of confrontational uh, style or situation. Yeah I mean there were there were multiple groups and some people would be like, "Oh, let's go do this." And then people like, "Whoa, maybe don't do that." Or yeah, I mean yeah. it was a, a, a headless leaderless totally grass grassroots kind of um movement with all sorts of different moving pieces. So like this, I think sometimes these things happen and um uh, people will say, "Oh, well, there was paid activist." Or like, "No, there was." I mean, I no. got from people at like one in the morning where someone was, did a deep dive on some like county c- council meeting from like six months ago. They had like two views on Facebook or two, two views on YouTube. I <laughs> yeah. watched the whole thing yeah. just in case something. And this is like someone yep. whose job is completely something else, but that's the level of commitment that people were making and in, in, into into this movement.
1: If if there's any if there's any lesson or any interesting thing that's come out of this, or, or I guess one of the most amazing things to me was to see that it was so grassroots, and there was so many other groups doing this work that I had. I didn't know anything about it. Josh didn't have anything to do with it. Josh's picture was in the paper and Josh obviously was doing a ton of work connecting with um, these leaders and everything, especially, but uh, he wasn't directing anybody else's activity. People were not generally looking to him or anybody else for central leadership um so there there were people who were canvassing their neighborhoods that i only sort of heard about and i um that's that's such critical work in this kind of movement and we didn't have anything to do with it Um, there were people making flyers um and then kind of posting them online and asking for input from from other people so I, you could be interviewing dozens of other people and get, you know, different stories about how this worked out and what was going on. All I know is what we were doing and, um, you know, how that worked out. Mm-hmm.
0: So the so the public uh, turned on this, got aware of it. Like this is bad. We don't want it to happen. Turned out in mass. Then the uh, politicians, the local leaders, businesses, then they start to feel the pressure. They start to, Yorktown uh, speaks out. And then it, and you guys can fill in more if you want. But I know that it comes up to this really critical week, and a lot of work was done leading up to that week where an inform, I I think the timing was like an informational session had been put together. And I know um, uh, you both were involved with that. And then, like the next day or the two days after, there was going to be, the subcommittee of the city council uh, eventually agreed to meet to discuss it. And it was going to be a public forum and they were looking for a big place. So there was big, there was uh, that week, there was going to be like, I remember uh, telling my wife, I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm out every night. Like this, yeah. week, like it, you know, it was. Um, and so that there was leading up to this big week of the info session and then the subcommittee meeting. Uh, so kind of, Walk me through like the build up to that week, and then um, what ended up happening.
1: Um,
0: well, Josh
1: um, did organize that uh, informational session, uh, largely just contacting Ball State professors who he knew would be interested in speaking, and and you pretty much just kind of pulled pulled those people together yourself, right? And yeah
2: so the um we actually had a pediatrician and a few professors that have a long history in in these things um not not the not necessarily the the activist piece but rather the science of it um and then the environmental science as well as the industrial um science to it and then um another medical doctor who works with the Hoosier Environmental Council um was there and we we planned this event for um just to be informational uh, again this what lots of um you know politicians uh from both sides uh, Republican and Democrat Democrat had made decisions to to go forward with this, and um, no one was organizing this along any sort of partisan line. Um, and so we asked if we could do purely educational session, um, not not a rally, um, nothing like that, at uh, the central high school for our city, for Muncie. And they said yes. And so um, we had that organized for uh, one day of the week. And then the next day, um, a city council person who was running for mayor organized um, an event where uh, he wanted to have a bunch of people speak. But some of the people were the same and then there were supposed to be some people from the company. Um, but he was having trouble getting them to commit. And, um, so that was, I that was, scheduled. About that. yeah, that was scheduled for one day. And then the next day was to be, uh, the mayoral candidates, um, event, uh, who also voted in favor of it on city council. Um, and that afternoon, the city called a press conference and said that um, Wales uh, was, and the city were terminating um, their agreement. But we went ahead and held that and recorded it um, so that the people, um, the, the doctors that had put their time in, um, also a city, uh, also a planner. Um, like a a city planner who researches or investigates how planning impacts um, class and, and economic groups Um, and, you know, pointing out that uh, places like this prey um, on, on communities that think that they don't have any resources and need more jobs and, and things like that. And, and so all the work that they had put into it, we wanted to make sure that it, it got recorded.
0: Um, and you know, a couple people did a couple hundred people did show up. Yeah, this uh, is after it was yeah. like, and I, I remember yeah. the start of that meeting uh, was just like celebratory. It was yep. at the because yep. it was like all this pressure was building up. And yep. then they the facts were about to come out, because there really had never been a public place for that discussion to happen or present itself or, mm-hmm. or for the, the public, the city council to be educated or to bring in experts or to ask them questions like that it had never happened. So like citizens uh, organized that Josh organized that and citizens came and presented at that. And before that, the facts could even come out. And, and that's actually on YouTube. Uh, it's called get the facts, uh, mercury lead in our systems. And, and I can uh, link to that in the show notes along with a document that uh, Brian had put together that has like every story, all the facts, all the arguments yeah. yeah. that are put together. But then they held a press conference that was, Hey, this is not happening. Like all of a sudden. Right. It's amazing.
2: Well, I don't think it's a coincidence that it was,
0: I mean, it was certainly
2: a, um, they were done obviously with our city um, and our County, but the, in an attempt to um, get that, oh, we'll back out so that meeting, so the, that informational, educational thing at the local high school um, with with local doctors, um, so that doesn't happen. You know, I, I I think that was probably in part of the, the machinations.
0: Yeah. and that, I mean, there were a lot of plans for the the meeting the following night too. There was already discussion and organization around what was going to happen. I mean, there was talk of even having musicians out in the parking lot. uh, You know, who was going to ask what questions, uh, when they would, you know, when they would be asked, what would happen. And there was uh, a lot of tension going into that meeting. So with the the press conference announcement of um, that this is done, like that just, you know, the tension was... uh, We, at the informational meeting,
2: we didn't plan to, uh, I mean, I invited like everyone town from the town, city, county, um, everyone. And, and there would with the, no, you know, no one was no politician or elected official or unelected official was going to speak or anything like that, but I wanted them to be in attendance and make sure that they knew that they were invited. Um, now at the next night that, that meeting, um, some officials were going to speak, and what the the things I was seeing and reading online, um, I was concerned that yeah. that was um, that that was going to get out of hand.
0: Yeah, I remember there was we, there was talk of Wales representatives being there, and there was talk of people like holding up newspapers or standing up and turning their backs. Yeah, yeah.
1: what? One of the key moments um, was I, I just looked it up on August 12th. So a week after the city council meeting where a thousand people showed up, the star press reported that um, back in July, um, one of the WSP's representatives spoke to the city council during one of those votes, one of those meetings where they voted. And uh, he said in plain language that there would be no emissions from their facility that's what that's what his answer to different questions were no emissions this is green technology this is you know this is recycling no emissions and so that alone I mean that was another kind of just amping up of this energy and anger against this company to to not only have a Falsely advertise PR, but to just lie and lie to the faces of the people who are making the big decisions. And, um, you know, we can also blame and we absolutely should blame the people making the decisions for us, our elected leaders, for not um, kind of investigating much further, other than just sort of like, oh, yeah, this corporate. Hack is telling us that this is great, so it must be great. But the anger against <laughs> WSP could not have been even more after that
0: lie came out about no emissions. I uh, um, going into that the second night, not the informational session, the the government session. Um, I had bought a uh, order through Amazon a Mad Hatter hat.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it was. Nuts. And so, there was mercury, a little bit, right? There was a little bit of me that was disappointed to get over the matter but I tried to convince other people I wanted to become like you know the, at the time there was the yellow vest in uh, in in France. Um, oh yeah, of, like well, if we were the Mad
2: Hatters, the mercury. Yeah, yeah.
0: I was the. Want explain
2: one. that, Kelsey, real quick?
0: Yeah, well, the Mad Hatter, right? Like he was mad because of the mercury in his hat. Correct. So in the hat making process, uh, very rudimentary understanding of all this. And so that's why he went mad. So like the mercury of this factory. So I I had the hat and they had like the, I forget the fraction that was even on it. It was official Mad Hatter hat. Um, <laughs> but there was like a, you know, but there was nervous. I mean, I think we were all nervous about that meeting and, and what could have transpired at that meeting because there, there was no, there was a lot of fear and anger and um, that wasn't being addressed at all in our community. And and no one really had control over that because it was just this mass of different groups of people across our community. Yeah. And
1: I think it would have uh, been
0: a lot different if,
1: if our movement was more centrally organized, if we had a committee with, 12 people on it who were making all the decisions then they would have been responsible for anger management and shutting down the people who are reacting and rightfully fearful, rightfully kind of anxious about the future. But when we don't have that, um, in a way there's less, there's more frenetic energy and less sort of like infighting within the movement, maybe, um, I'm not sure if that's you know a, a lesson that applies to every single situation like this, but in this case, it's exactly what we needed
0: yeah um, I mean we were all in my I think. Opinion there was multiple different Facebook groups of, of organization. And I was an administrator on one of them along with many other people. And just like the pressure that people would, uh, I mean, there, there, there definitely was infighting and pressure of like, you guys let this post go up and you didn't let that post go up. And then, you know, uh, whoever was deciding to well, one post go up, not another post go up. Like, there was just, I mean, there was a lot of work and a lot of thoughts and feelings uh in, all of this for sure. Uh, But there was just, it came from all these different angles, Um, Mm -hmm. such a, such a force. Well, you know,
2: what happens is you get to, um, you know, a group, a certain group or little um, cadre of, of friends that are working on something, they have a good idea. And so everybody rallies around them and, and, and pushes that. And then maybe on the other side of the city or the other side of the County, uh, another little group or person, has a a good idea. And so everybody sort of rallies and pushes that, you you know, that's kind of how it was
0: um, pretty amazing. It worked really well. Uh, We'll add that. Go ahead, Brian. Oh,
1: I was, I was just thinking of all the flyers and the, and the hats and the t-shirts, the different groups we're making and the signs. Yeah. Brian Ramsey came up with that design and then people, I don't believe connected to Brian at all just grab that design and put it on shirts and signs that were popping yeah. up all over town. I mean, it's just incredible.
0: Yeah. I had to buy Brian a shirt. So I had the, at the info session, we had these, you know, stop this. I can't remember what it says, stop this and had the factory. It's a, it's green shirt. And, uh, at the info session, I, I went to it, they had them, or someone was selling them for like, at cost cost and i bought one for brian because he didn't even have a shirt he didn't even have a shirt of the design that he had he had made you know
2: you you bought one for me too kelsey
0: oh i did yeah there you go yeah yeah Um, so at that info session i was looking back at some newspaper articles and there was a uh, a sign of someone in that audience that says not in their backyard either and that's precisely what's happened right now We've We fought this factory. this community is now um, they're trying to uh, locate in uh, Logansport uh, in cass county and um they're they're kind of reliving this same fight. Um, I know that they're rehashing um, some of what happened in Muncie and I think there's some mischaracterization of of what happened in Muncie. Uh, could you guys for sure? Speak to, speak to that a little bit, kind of what you're hearing out of Cass County and the fight they're fighting. Well,
2: um, I, you know, they started this in Cass County secretly with a code name for the, the project called Scorpion project and scorpion project scorpion and i well, that,
1: that's what it was called in muncie also and was it okay i think, I I think that might have come up through the state economic development um okay i don't know for sure but there's a there's an article or two online that mentioned project scorpion and it was before cass county yeah. and Wait, it's was just villainous
0: cobra, was this cobra commander at the was he at the heart of this it, <laughs>
1: it's a fair question. The question can be asked. <laughs> Sorry, Josh, no, yeah, I interrupted. No,
2: you. I, well, um, it's unfortunate that the state of uh, the majority in the state house and state of Indiana is open for any type of polluting industry um in our state. Um, It incurred you know uh having um obviously well cut cut that I don't care um I was gonna say in Cass County they said some some pointed things you know we had used terms like facts and so they um, they had said that we that we had used false facts and even engaged in a disinformation campaign, you know, waged a disinformation campaign against them. And this is like like if you make a mistake, that's one thing. But when you apply for uh, a permit to release the most mercury in the country in the air, and then come to the city and say no emissions quote, no emissions. Um, Their actions do not match their words whatsoever. That's straight up lying. That's not an accident. Um, That's not a misinterpretation. That's not, that's not reviewing the information differently or coming to multiple conclusions. That's just straight up lying. Um, And so to, to accuse us of engaging in a disinformation campaign is to actually say out loud what they themselves are doing. Yeah. Um, Now currently right now is um, they left Muncie because of uh, the FBI investigation. Well, no, that's not true either.
0: Um, Yeah. So to, to clarify what that what that is, I'll, I'll try to sum it up real quick, uh, in case someone's not from the Muncie area. So there had been some, um, boy, how do you sum that up quick? Uh, some shenanigans in our local government involved the city government for some kickbacks at times for contracts and uh, other kind of shady doings. Houses that would that were torn that imaginary houses that were torn down a yeah. company connected to uh, city officials did the work and got paid for it properties that were bought in uh, one month for one price uh, by a, a friend of, uh, of, the, of the city government who then sold it to the city for much more money and other things. So there was some FBI investigations charges have been brought against several city officials, including uh, the former mayor of, of Muncie, so there was a lot politically happening in Muncie, and so to, to say that that had anything to do with the move with this this uh, grassroots movement of of why uh, you know the pressure that was put on the Whales company. I mean, it, they 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 backed out the day of the informational session, Correct. and and Josh is quoted in the newspaper it says um, at the beginning of of the of the says you have done the work in our community and other communities need you to go on record tonight. Wales, uh, Wales would rather lose the site than have the public hear the facts tonight. Let's continue the work. So just the timing of it all, it had nothing. They, they didn't leave because the FBI investigation, who knows that may have been why they helped. They, they targeted Muncie because we were even more vulnerable politically. Um,
1: but, sure. Absolutely. Right. The FBI investigations have been public knowledge for, at least three or four years, it's long before WSP got serious about their plans here. so that was that was not news to them during their during their plan here. The arrest of the mayor happened months after WSP uh, canceled their plans here. So for them, they have they've only used that line in Cass County to tell the Cass County commissioners. Oh, our our Muncie plans didn't really come to fruition because, you know, they're the corrupt government in, in Muncie. So I think that you're absolutely right that it's it's just a it's just a line they've come up with. They've been much more um, tried to be much more savvy about their PR campaign in Cass County. They have a website that has frequently asked questions on it, uh, some of which talk about. Months the Muncie plans. Some of them, uh, they have a at least a couple people devoted to doing like radio interviews and and being the public face of defending their project. Uh So one of the vice presidents of um, Heritage Environmental um, has written op-ed pieces for the paper in Cass County. They have a some sort of toxicology um, consultant um, who's been in this kind of business for a long time, defending um, um, polluting industries and incinerators and things like that. And writing pieces to justify their, their um, plans and stuff. So they've been, they didn't do any of that in Muncie. They thought they wouldn't need any of that. So now this time they're spending all this money on, on yeah. public
0: relations. Yeah. I think it's important to ask who, who, who pays those people, where, where are their jobs, right? Because in, in Nancy, yeah. nobody was getting paid to fight against this. I mean, our self-interest was in self-preservation. It wasn't in, um, earning money. And you wonder what the pay consultants hired by, hired by the company, you know, their allegiance, I guess, has been, has been bought. It's their job. But so where does it stand in, uh, Cass County? How's that, how's that fight going?
1: Well, I've, I've been in touch with some of the activists there for a little while and, um, their story is, looks pretty similar to ours. Um, they, uh, started with a small group and kind of started to get the word out and started to talk to their county officials. At this in Cass County it's the land is in the in the county, so the project isn't under county government jurisdiction. So they've been uh they have to petition the commissioners, the three commissioners there, to, you know, do something about the project but it's not as far along as it was here. It's not a so-called done deal there quite yet. They haven't voted on certain aspects of the, of the project. Um, but again, Alex Sagetty from Michigan has become involved and is um, looked at their air per- permit application, looked at different aspects of other things going on with environmental law and regulations at the state level in the federal level. And it's, it's amazing to see him work online, um, assisting the locals there in a similar way he did with us. And the locals for their part have had to be, um, I hope somebody can write this down in a book or something, how they've had to operate like we did, except there's this pandemic going on and they're right. not even gathering in groups of more than, you know, a few people to talk about this. That was critical to how, you know, what happened in, in Muncie. So they've, they've done created demonstrations, like they've lined up six feet apart um, mm-hmm. on main street there when there was mm-hmm. some kind of, um, uh, Public appearance of the uh, of the commissioners. Um, they've done a drive by demonstration. I shouldn't say drive by; that sounds wrong. Um, uh, just a I think we're used
0: to that term <laughs> now. You know, we're used to that term. Drive by COVID nineteen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it's incredible
1: what they've gotten accomplished, and then they created this online forum, like uh, some folks here did. And that you all were involved with, in their membership of that forum it's called the Cass County Citizens Coalition, and that's ballooned to you know thirteen hundred members, or maybe it's maybe it's higher now, I don't know, but for a pretty small community, there's only less than forty thousand people that live in that whole county that's right i think I think it's eighteen thousand yeah. in the wow. um city of Logansport. They have, they have, you know, one out of maybe one out of 20 people who are up in arms, maybe more, maybe more than that. Um, And they are just, they feel like we did for fighting for their, Mm -hmm. for their lives. And so we've, you know, tried to pass along everything we learned and, and uh, the video that was made of the educational forum that Josh introduced Um, that's been provided to them and has given them a head start, I think. Um,
0: And then there's also a document that's linked to it, that video that has eight, it's eight pages of facts and figures and uh, talking points um, that uh, we hope other communities can use. Cause like, you know, like the sign says, we don't want this to happen anywhere. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it was going to increase the amount of CO2 I think in Delaware County but it was going to double, it was going to double, double. the amount of CO2 yeah. really something like that. You know, like this isn't just a problem if it's uh, in your three miles from you, it's a, it's a problem with factories like this or anywhere in, in our world. Um, so Kelsey, uh, can I say something about Idaho, yes.
2: Indiana, Department of yes. Environmental Management. Um, one thing is that they, you know, a lot of people said to me, where's IDEM? Why aren't they doing something? Or um, what does IDEM think about this? And, and um, one of the things that we need to know is that that Indiana has decreased, cut drastically the number of employees um, and the number of, of researchers and qualified folks that work for Idem um the the number of people that work there over the la- over the last decade or so has just been sliced up and um, so that, that, that's one thing. The other thing is they are um, beholden to technical interpretations of laws um, that are, are formed federally um, and are just, are very much influenced by lobbyists who work for these companies. And so while something may technically be approved, that doesn't mean that it won't cause cancer. Um, while it might technically be legal, it doesn't mean that it, it it won't affect your nervous system or kill fish or, um, show up in the, the meat of, of deer that, um, you harvest if you're a deer hunter. Um, and so when we say, where is IDEM, what, what we need to say really is, um, how can we strengthen IDEM and how maybe, I think we need some, le- some environmental legislation in the state of Indiana that says, um. You know we are open for, for for uh, green technology, not just uh, companies that call themselves green, yeah. but actually have the science to support that that what they're doing um, is friendly to people uh, as well as as the environment. Um, and and we just don't have that right now.
0: Yeah, I mean laws and laws and 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 government. Um, are there to protect us and to serve us. And I, I know, Josh, that you're actually, I'm, I'm guessing, inspired by the movement and to kind of see the, 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 maybe the flaws and, and some of our local leadership. Like you stepped up and you're running for office now. Is, yeah. is that part, was that inspired by this? Absolutely, it was. Um, although I
2: never had one thought of it um, the entire time. Or even later, I mean, I didn't even, it wasn't until like Christmas, around Christmas time, that a couple people mentioned the idea to me about running for county council. And um, then I started to look into that. And even then I wasn't wasn't something that was a big interest or, you know, I've never, it's not like a lifelong thing to be in um, an elected uh, representative position or I don't have that kind of um, goal. Um, but then I realized how much I had learned Ooh. and how many people I had met and how many people want transparency and want things done, um, you know, want to be able to elect someone and then trust that they do the right thing yeah. um, or want to be involved and have their voices heard. Um, not be ignored um, and uh, somebody knows and- who
1: fit who knows how to find stuff out if they don't yeah. already know it right
2: yeah <laughs> I think isn't that isn't I mean Kelsey you and I have talked briefly just a touch about life or whatever but isn't that what what you do is um, you go through life and you go ahead and and jump in and then figure it out. Trust yourself to figure it out as you go. Um, You know, we don't all have, we don't have all the answers before we start something, but I think that um, I'm really into consensus building Mm -hmm. and um, making sure that um, not only do we protect our home, but we promote the values that, are just kind of being
0: road rough over. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really important to be curious, uh, and to be able to ask good questions and then have the ability and the drive to want to, uh, to figure out the answers to, to those questions. And sometimes when we don't like I, that's what, you know, I think, a, I don't know what was in the hearts and the heads of all of our local leaders, the time when this came across their desk for the first time, but I think that they didn't think about it a whole lot. I don't think they, sure. I don't think they asked a lot of questions about it and you didn't have to ask very many questions before this whole thing started to unravel. And, um, so, you know, I, I think that's a skill, that's a characteristic that, that we need and leadership is, um, curiosity and, and good questions and the ability to pursue those questions. Um, so I, I really appreciate that you're running. I, I know that there, I feel like there has been a, uh, a resurgence locally uh, in, in reaction to the whales, but then also that, the, you know, the, the FBI investigation and the local politics, I think plays in this as well, where um, you know, people who are, are want to get more engaged. And I, I see that. I see that happening in our community. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: And now I'm all in now. Um, yeah. I, I want to do this and I want to do it
0: really well. That's great. Is there anything else you guys want to add about the, anything that they feel like would be helpful to people fighting similar fights in the future, specifically to Cass County is there anything else you wanted to add? This is, you know, we've been on here a while. It's been great to, um, yeah, you have a big editing job ahead of you, Kelsey. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I'll probably, uh, most of this will probably be on there. So I'll just be, it's a big listening job for, Oh boy. Um, I, it's not, uh, necessarily directed at Cass
2: County. Um, Brian, do you have something directed at Cass County?
1: Um, I would just encourage anybody listening to this to, um, check out what's going on updates from them at, uh, Cass County citizens coalition four C's in a row, uh, on Facebook, one of their Facebook group. Um,
2: I wanted to mention the August, the, the August, the Monday, August meeting, the first meeting, excuse me, the Muncie city council meeting in August, um, a young woman, young mother, um, young teacher named Aaron Kinsellis, uh stood up um, with holding one of her children. And she addressed what was left of city council, um, with, in a sweaty, tense—I um, mean, it was like room. It was like it was electric, and you know, a thousand people behind her, and and she described how she and her husband had worked and worked and worked and worked and. Worked and moved from one place to the next to try to get education and and credentials and employment and had finally landed um, in Muncie and are building their, their life and are building their home and um, raising their children and building for their children's future and just how uh, devastated and betrayed uh, that she felt by um local officials that would you know not only court this because the county had originally courted it in the first place um but then the city that would just uh roll over and accept it without any further investigation and she was so it it was su- such a picture of a strong mother and and woman Um, and I don't, we can't, I don't think we can overstate how impactful her speech was and her presence and, uh, her boldness, um, and the true things that she was saying. And, and actually she was very much an inspiration to me in thinking about campaigning on our home. Um, it's not, I'm not trying to make a campaign pitch. I'm saying that Aaron impacted me in thinking about running for uh, office and doing it in a way that is people, environment, quality of place first. I, I will never forget. I will never forget that moment. I will never forget her speech. Yeah.
0: I mean she had waited there for hours with yeah. you know pregnant with a baby. In room. With yeah. with the baby. Yeah. That's remarkable. I, that's it, a go ahead. Along
1: along those lines, it could be worth reviewing. You could even edit in the audio from Brad Polk's statement, uh, city council mm. person. That's right. His Brad, son texted him right in
2: the middle. Yeah.
1: Yep. And his son said, uh, "Dad, I think you should reconsider this, and you should pull the plug." Yeah,
0: I mean that's all. It's all these small actions, big, big, and small, that that added up. You know, whether it was um, the first city council meeting where uh, Deb asked a question. And if it weren't for her asking that question, and other people asking questions, I mean, who knows what would happen if Seth hadn't written about it? It wouldn't have been on Brian's radar. It wouldn't have been to Josh. It wouldn't have gone to Alex. Uh, if the young mother doesn't stand up there, if the city council member, it's you know, it's, to me, I, I feel like the the Margaret Mead quote is off uh, used. Uh, okay. But this is this is the perfect example uh, of that of it. never doubt that a small group of thoughtful. Committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it's the only thing that ever has. And this is just absolutely a true example of, there's so many people. I mean, you know, uh, there's just three of us on this chat right now, but there were literally over a thousand people. And I would say hundreds of people that were diving into the work and yeah. being active um, in this. And it's just absolutely um, amazing and, and so heartening in a time when sometimes it's hard hard to find things that are heartening, um, especially in terms of like the the environment. And um, so uh, there's so many good people that were involved in, in, in this win in our community, and, and we wish Cass County uh, the best of luck. So um, thank you both, uh, Brian, Josh, for being on the podcast. You guys are definitely good people. <laughs> Thanks, You Kelsey.
1: too, Kelsey. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate
0: that. All right. So, to kind of tie a bow on all of this and to make sense, um, if you listen to um, an hour and 45 minutes of us chatting about this factory, um, thank you. We hope nothing like this happens in your community. Uh, chances are, at some point in time, there will be something that happens in your community where you'll have a choice that you can either stand up and speak out. Um, for, the, uh, for your your neighbors and for your children and for future generations, or you can choose not to do that. Um, so I hope that you can find some inspiration to stand up uh, like so many people in Muncie did. I'm so proud of our community for what they did and it kind of shows our, um, shows our power when we kind of link arms and, and stand together of, of what we can stand up against. Um, so, you know, I've, I've traveled around the world to some of the poorest places on our planet. I've hung out with garment workers in uh, Bangladesh who earn $24 per month, who work in factories that sometimes collapse around them and, and they could die or, or be injured. Um, I've m- met people who live, literally live on a waste heap and their kids live there too and they collect trash and uh, look for things to recycle. Um, And there's a reason that the garment industry um, goes in search of these places because it's cheap labor. And uh, there's one story that I didn't write about this, but uh, I've read it where a blue jean factory made the local river run the color denim. Um, I don't know if denim's actually color, but you get the it, the water ran blue because of the pollution in this factory, and I, I can't help but think, as someone who comes from um, smaller towns in the Midwest that used to have factories where you know our parents worked in these factories, and they were good jobs that paid enough that you could send your kids to school and um, have um, a good life and and improve your life and a happy life and how that for many folks in our area it's gone and i can't help but think that sometimes corporations look at our small post-industrial towns and cities as if we are a developing country in which they can move and they can um, pollute our rivers and our air with no repercussions, where they can pay low wages because we are desperate for jobs. It seems sometimes it seems like all um, that people care about are jobs, 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 as if the point of those jobs aren't to employ people with those jobs so that they can live happy, healthy lives and support their families in our community. Like the jobs are for people. And if these jobs are ones that come in and don't pay that much money, if they just take corporate profit, take it outside of our community, if they are polluting our community, if they're hurting uh, the health of um, individuals in our community, we don't want those jobs. Jobs are for people. We should care more about people than we do about jobs. So this is getting, uh, I guess, a little bit ranty, but um, that's kind of how I feel. I feel like that sometimes the small towns, post-industrial towns can be ripe for exploitation and maybe even targeted by sometimes corporations. And then our local leaders are uh, desperate as we're searching for an identity of, of what is next and what kind of jobs people can have. And we're looking to reinvent ourselves and so we're just uh, ripe for the, for the picking when it comes for, to these types of things. So anyhow, I'll stop rambling. I'm um, so proud of Muncie for staying up against this factory, coming together, people from all walks of life. And I know there's a lot of communities out there facing this, um, including uh, Cass County right now in, near Logansport, Indiana. And so they actually have a Facebook page that Brian um, referred to it. I'm not sure what the Facebook page is, but I'll link to it in the show notes, which, again, it's KelseyTimerman.com WSP. So thanks so much for listening. Uh, don't be afraid to stand up and, and speak out and get other people to do it with you because you really can make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Good People Podcast. Special thanks to my friend Jay Mormon for co-hosting and to Cliff Ritchie for the great tunes. You can listen to Cliff on Spotify or find him at cliff, R-I-T-C-H-E-Y, Let's keep the good going. Please share, rate, and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. Visit kelseytimmerin.com so you good people to find show notes, suggest guests, learn more about my books, and tell us about the good you are doing in the world.